shut up and sit down. Good evening, Bellevue. The soda is cold. The popcorn is hot. Are you ready to see the sexiest man alive? The bearded charmer. It is time to watch the one, the only, the Guru Brando Show. Our special guest this evening. She has been rocking the artisan spectrum since 2010. She has climbed hills. She has moved many mountains. She's been TTO'd and rose for the challenge. Please welcome our special guest, Emily, and her emotional support for baby Jeffle. Hello, welcome to Positively Entertaining Conversations with Guru Brando, me, your host, and today's guests, curious guests, Emily and Truffle, cute little booger Truffle, sleeping, don't, 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 sleepy baby, and Joe. Hello. And we are going to be talking about love on the spectrum of things for Emily. She is 19. And you have been, you were diagnosed autistic when you were held? 2010. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're just going to have a little bit of a conversation about sort of your struggles and, and you know, you're not struggles because mm -hmm. really you don't have too many struggles. People think autistic people struggle all the time. Yeah. And you don't. No, I, I really don't. No. I just take it with the flow and just. Go with it. Such a good kid. Yes, How? It's Karen. It's Karen. It's all Karen. Right. Oh, yeah. It's Karen. It's not me. I don't know. She's got your, your smile, your charm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's got, a little She's bit got my me. attitude, though. It really is a good attitude. Yep. yep. I appreciate you being here today. Yeah. And I like it. I'm, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I never, ever do anything pre-show oh, with Lord. you. Okay, mm -hmm. it's always just on the fly. Okay. And typically it's when my kids come in and they're having an issue and I talk them through it. So every mm -hmm. podcast you see is totally organic. I want to give you the heads up because Quentin, you know, my oldest, he also is autistic. Mm -hmm. And whenever we first started doing it, he could not, uh, he would get too nervous yeah. because he didn't know what I was going to ask, and he thought maybe people would uh, think he was dumb or something, you know, yeah. so he didn't, are you worried about that? No. Good. Boys are so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Well, because he was. So what I want to tell you, though, I don't know if you know, today is National Pizza Day. So mm -hmm. my favorite day ever, National Pizza Day, and in honor of, I have my sock. Oh boy. So yeah. these are socks that my best friend Mandy gave me. I don't like socks. I just don't. I hardly ever wear them. See, I have these shoes anyway. Right. So mm -hmm. usually I don't. But because I know that she loves socks mm -hmm. and she loved giving them to me when I wear them, it makes me feel happy because yeah. it's her enjoyment, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have things like that that you have that you don't necessarily like, but you love them because somebody else does? No, not really, no. I, no. No? I like, I like everything they give me. I, mean, I take it for granted. I like it. Yeah. But I don't like it. I'll just get used to it. I'll 
<laughs> I use that like me. Adapt and overcome, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's a good kind of idea to have. I mean, if more mm-hmm. people had that, we would be a lot more accepting, wouldn't we? Yeah. We'd be a lot more appreciative mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited <laughs> to meet you. Four years now, I've, I've known about you, and I hadn't met you. Mm-hmm. And I was looking back at some of the Facebook stuff at how much you've grown oh, yeah. just since I moved here, you know, and like I said, I didn't even know who you were, mm-hmm. and so it's like, how old are you now? I'm 19. 19. Okay, so whenever, let's see, we moved here in 16, the end of 16, beginning of 17, so when's your birthday? Uh, June 26. Oh, I'll be turning 20. <laughs> <laughs> June is a great time to have a birthday. Quentin's is uh, June 18th. Mm-hmm. And he was actually due to be born on the 21st, and he was born on the 18th. Mm. The mm. other kids, the same thing. They were, Alex was due on the 18th and was born on the 21st. And here's one for you. Emily was born on June 26th, okay? Mm-hmm. Olivia was born on July 26th. Two minutes apart. You and Karen got it down. I know, don't we? We're talking efficiency here. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like Truffle helps you now? She actually helps me a lot. She helps me like get motivated. Um, Whenever I didn't have, I was like very depressed and I didn't feel like getting up and doing anything. So I have her now, so I'm up and moving and stuff. Uh, She helps me with that. That's what kids make us do when when we're young. You know, true story, that's exactly what my kids did for me because, you know, I have OCD. Do you know what that is? Yes, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And so for me, my life has been ruled by routines and rituals, every single thing, Mm -hmm. and fears of everything. So if I were to walk into an environment where things were crooked, pictures Mm -hmm. or stuff, I would believe that the whole building was going to crumble around me. Yeah. Like it's a real, real fear unless I straighten it. Somehow, I feel like I control things so much mm-hmm. that I can stop calamity from happening. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think of it that way, it helps the OCD not be so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I think of how silly I am being about it, you yeah. know what I mean? But there's some things I just, it's very difficult still to navigate for me. Yeah. And so my hope is that through this podcast... I can reach, you know, anybody who who might even feel just a little bit of what I feel, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. life's kind of hard when you can't share it with people, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have people that you can share with? Yeah, I have, um... I well, have besides a... him, he doesn't even count. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, I have a family, yeah. and I have one of my close friends that I've known since I was kindergarten maybe so that holy your only friend yeah my only friend she's always she's always stuck by me even Ooh. through my hard times so because me and her went through the same thing I mean when she was younger like from my age she was bullied just like me and she's been she had a rough childhood you know like I have I mean I didn't have a rough childhood but I've been through a lot and so yeah. has she so we talk about it and so well that's yeah. that's good that you can talk about it does she feel like she's um as capable as you are yeah, yeah. She's um, she's kind of like me. She's like mostly like a hermit crab. She mostly stays inside, but I, <laughs> she's she's like a more homebody. Yeah. Like I am, but she goes to work and stuff. That's just a different part of. She goes to work and stuff. But it's hard for her to go to work because 
She's not very easily motivated, but she pushes oh, herself, so yeah. that's good. What do you think keeps her from being motivated? Does she tell you? Um, sometimes she just, she's just tired and she just doesn't really get motivated and stuff. I really don't know. She doesn't yeah. really go in great detail about it, so I don't really push her. Oh, that's, so. see, and that's what being a good friend is, right? You can mm-hmm. talk about stuff and not push each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like him and me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got some crazy stuff that happens to me, and I know, believe it or not, even though we don't talk every day, mm-hmm. I know that if something really was going on with me that I could talk to him. Mm-hmm. Do you know how I know that? No. Because I've already done it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, think about that. Do you ever sit and think, you know, if I just had one more conversation with someone, they would understand me? Have you ever left a conversation like that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And then you go home and you're like, oh, I wish I'd said this or I should have said that. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Sometimes that that's happens. how I am with talking to you. You know, I messaged it. You know, I was like, I should have said that. Well, I know that's what there I did. Too. <laughs> yeah, maybe days later, totally unrelated, but I get it because, right. you know, our brains are fascinating that way. That sometimes we have to have a trigger to make us remember stuff. Yeah. And it's not always bad when we have triggers. Sometimes we have triggers that make us think about pretty bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I'm discovering how to turn those triggers into new good triggers Mm -hmm. triggers for change Mm -hmm. like when we moved here you know you talked about bullying before and you know we're from texas and yeah they weren't very kind to us in texas yeah that's texas yeah not big (laughs) not big on lgbt or you know progress not big on that stuff they still have it's very dangerous down in texas if you're LGBT or anything like that. Or you can even get, autistic. Yeah, you, you can get, they make fun of you or you'd be killed either yeah. way because they don't like it. So. They sure don't. And, you know, we, I know that y'all have read the article that whenever we first moved here, mm-hmm. the, the Belleville News Democrat did the article on us. Um, and in that article we talked about we had to leave Texas because it was getting so dangerous. And when we got here, had no idea that this town was not very diverse and you know because you think about diversity I think about St. Louis Mm -hmm. you know or Chicago or even Texas you know Dallas is more diverse than Highland Mm -hmm. you know and I was kind of struck that more people didn't have groups you know what I mean like community Mm -hmm. groups yeah um do you like every single place I've been there's an Alcoholics Anonymous for a support group, you know, for alcoholics. Yep. Oh, you're fine. Oh. You're fine. So sweet. Even the sounds. I'm so ridiculous <laughs> with dogs. Do you have a support group for autism? No. No, I don't. No, I don't. I think we uh, talked about it like, a while back, but I don't think we talked about it anymore. Yeah, and most of the stuff, like, for her, you know, is not really around this area. You know, yeah. you have to travel. Yeah. That's why I've established Sacred Groves here because part of advocacy and and um, therapy is ensuring that you're in a location that you're needed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I know that there's a lot of people here that don't want to own their diversity. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way sometimes? Um. Do you feel singled out? Sometimes I do, yeah. But I mean, in my in my mind, I think that. But to me, I know there's other people like me. But my mind's like, I'm the only one that has this and all that stuff. But I know 
I'm not the only one, but just my mind just plays tricks. You are so smart, Emily. You know that? Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> I mean, you, you really are. You have a lot of insight, even for a 20-year-old. Mm -hmm. I mean, true. You know, you do. Well, not quite 20. You know what I mean. But yeah. you do. You have a lot of insight. Where do you think you get that? I I really don't know. It just it is a part of me, and I'm just because I had a therapy appointment yesterday, and my therapist said I was I was very observant. That is the word. That mm -hmm. is that's a good one. Where do you think that she gets it? Just her insight and her kind of resilience. Maybe mom. Maybe. I think mom. I think Karen. You know, Karen's oh, kind of like that too. Yes. You know, she's very observant, and I think the way that me and Karen talk, you know, about Emily's situation, you know, Emily picks up on some of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, then if she doesn't understand it, she will go look, what does this mean? You know, she will go Google it or look it up. <laughs> and, and when she understands that, she'll come back, you know, with a totally different word, you know, that we never said. Yeah. You know, like, well, how'd you know that? Well, I didn't understand what you were saying, so I wouldn't look that word up. Do you know that that's what separates her from the majority of peers? Mm -hmm. I mean, it truly does. Because even my kids, uh, my neurotypical kids, will stop and come and ask me what time it is. In every <laughs> damn room in this house, we have a clock. Plus, we have Google Pods everywhere. And every single one of them has a phone, a watch, etc., etc. So you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's like... You know, if you have to stop doing what you're doing in order to seek the answer, would you seek it from a reliable source, you know, or would you seek it from somebody who's convenient? That's the other big question that we have to go through. When you're talking about exposure to ego things, and do you understand what I mean by ego things? Not every teen does. No. Okay. <laughs> when you think about how you're born, you're, you're just born into the world and you have an ID, an identification that's separate from anybody else's, right? So mm -hmm. you have these inborn qualities from all the energy that is passed through your line. So it's mm -hmm. inherited stuff. But you also have that cool thing, free will, you know, that every, every human gets, right? Mm hmm so you're born a certain way, and that's your ID, mm -hmm. and you can claim, I am a girl, I'm a boy, I am uh, whatever, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it is at your core who mm -hmm. you believe yourself to be. Yeah. Your ego is the second part, which is your outside influences. So the outside influences um, that tell you society, uh, human society, civilization does these things, and this is how you feel this or that this is how you feel pride this is how you feel excitement all of these things are ego driven things from our environment mm -hmm. from facebook from commercials all that stuff feed our egos mm -hmm. then we have this other part of us that is the ego ideal it's like who do we want to be what's our purpose mm -hmm. what's our potential and we always know that we always know that we have limitless potential <coughs> mm -hmm. but we forget it we forget it the moment the ego's introduced. See, we know it until everybody keeps telling us that we can't achieve this or that we don't have this and we should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we stop appreciating what we have, right? And the moment you quit appreciating it is the moment your ego takes over. And then you just become a cold, egotistical person of the world. Mm -hmm. So you, my dear, are what separates that very easily because you... Are not ego driven. 
Yeah. You do not have the ego that says you need above and beyond what you have. Oh, okay, yeah. And that is a huge quality to admire. Somebody who can be appreciative of who they are and where they are. That's love right there. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about today is love. <laughs> because that it truly, I have not always had a good Valentine's Day. You know, my house burned down on February 15th oh, um, when oh. I was a kid. That was, that was my huge trauma in, in life. Um, my first big trauma in life. Right. And um, so thereafter that, I never really wanted to get into Valentine's Day. So I quit celebrating Valentine's and start celebrating love day um, and what love day for it for me is just appreciation so mm -hmm. what things do i love so much i appreciate them you know can <laughs> can i hold them i'm, I'm dying i think he I wants did. you actually oh. <laughs> you're she my sweet darling because i'm pushing oh. the whole way to you so i'm like Oh, it's just so much. I just love you. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, what was I asking? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about love day. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, can you think of those wonderful things that you love besides... You like my beard, huh? It's the beard cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all organic. It's all organic. Can you think of those things that you love unconditionally besides truffle and your family? What little things make your ego feel good? Um, I love books, reading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love watching like TV, like Netflix stuff. Of course, and me, you love watching me on TV, right? Yeah. I'm the best thing ever on TV. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what books do you read? What type of books? Um, I mostly read anything really, anything that basically sounds good. But I do like romance. Like oh, romance yeah. novels and stuff like that. I like Nicholas Sparks. All girls, all girls like that crap. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what was the one book that you were started to read? It had to be between a certain what. Oh, um, I've be, I've started liking like different years, like 1917 or like 1920, like long time ago. Oh wow, that's what Beth and I like. We like. I love those know, type the, of books. Yeah. And stuff like that. Do you so. like reading westerns? Yeah, I do. I like reading them, but they're not really my cup of yeah. tea. <laughs> I like um, things. You like reading the ghost stories. Yeah, I like ghost books, paranormal. Have you read Beth's stuff? You know, Beth writes paranormal novels. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so you'll have to look on her page. She she writes short stories. And I think that you'd probably like them if you like paranormal stuff. I love paranormal. I watch um, my favorite channel on TV is the Travel Channel because <laughs> there's so much yeah. ghost shows on there. Yeah. Well, one day you'll have to come over and explore the house after COVID's kind of, you know, gone. Mm -hmm. um, we can uh, show you the house. We'll show you the cavern and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think you'll really like it. You want your mommy. Look at the tail. Mm -hmm. You want mommy. She doesn't really know what to do. <laughs> no, you can set her down if you'd like. If she wants to go explore, she's not going to hurt anything. You want to go explore? Don't pee. Don't pee. If she does, it's okay. We have cows. You do it. There's nothing working. Um, so when you read your books, mm -hmm. do you go into the book? Can you visualize yourself being part of that book? Yes. Did you know not everybody can do that? She read one time. It was a 300-page book. Mm -hmm. Okay. It took her maybe a week to do oh it. Oh, my God. Have you ever read a 300-page book? No. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> so then, you know, and I asked her, you know, because she went through it so fast. You know, I said, Emily, are you reading it? She went, yeah, I'm reading it for word for word. I said, what was the story about? She started at chapter one, maybe got to chapter 10, and told me exactly what happened in each chapter. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so you always knew that she was smart, like yeah. really smart. Yeah. yeah. When I was in elementary school, I, I started reading Harry Potter books whenever I was in elementary school, and everybody else was like, reading like lower books. Everybody was surprised I was reading Harry Potter books. Like, you can read them like, yeah, what's so hard about it? Yeah, and the, she would go get the big books, and then the teacher would tell her, you can't get them. You can't read that. Whatever, teach. That's right. what I said. I'm like, yeah. whatever, and I just did it anyways. And she'd bring a book back in while I'm done. There's no way you read, why you read that. Right. Can you do a book Whatever. report on that? Mm -hmm. There's page one, there's page two, there's page three, and there's page four. So how did you do in school? How was it for you in school, academics? Um, I did pretty good. I got A's and B's. I mean, I was in special education, like, basically the whole school year. I mean, I had help, but I didn't really ask for help, really. Yeah. I just did it myself, but yeah. I did ask for help if I... I was having trouble. Right, it's good to have that net just in case because especially as mm -hmm. parents, I mean, our kids have an IEP and a 504, but we have those in place just in case mm -hmm. because you don't know what you don't know and you never know what's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they may really need that because, you know, something may influence them at school, you know, like um, Quentin would wear headphones and, and lunch in the lunchroom, you mm -hmm. know, because he couldn't be in there with everyone and things like that. But he did not have to um, go outside of the class, which now I can... What are you doing? Oh, she's okay. But now I kind of wish that he had because he is going to have to attend summer school. Did you finish school okay? Yeah. On time mm -hmm. and all that? When, yes. di when did you first start getting help in school? Oh, gosh. Since our maybe kindergarten? Kindergarten. Do you think that that's why you've been so successful in school? Because you had the, the help of the school? Yes. So if you had to tell any parents of, of kids with disabilities of any kind or autism or anything, would you recommend them getting those measures in place for their kids? Yes. Yes, I would. You know, with other kids, I mean, that help with the teachers and the school, it helps a lot. I mean, you might not think so, but it actually helps a lot. What, if anything, did you have to really fight for with school? Just to get the help. To get them to understand her as a person who has disabilities. And just to try and get as much out as we can for her. What, what where did you start with that? You know what I mean? Where did you, where did you start? Whenever um, I guess she first had a diagnosis. She was diagnosed back in 2010, and that's when we started seeing like all the behavior, <clears throat> behavior problems, and all the other stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. And she was basically almost getting yelled at by the teachers, you know, because they didn't under we didn't understand what was going on. That's my life, yeah. You know, we knew that there was something going on. What is going on? What is triggering her? Is it the teachers? Is it somebody? Is it being bullied? 
you know, or we, just sensory stuff in general. Right. You know, that's what triggers me the most is sensory stuff and Quentin too. And you know, when it started getting worse and then we had to, you know, go seek more professional help, you know, and that's when we started look to learn, you know, that some of the stuff is bothering her, her getting yelled at, the pressure is all that, you know, it's just making her too excited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that went on for a long time. Then we, we just didn't know. We knew that there was something. We could not pinpoint what it is that's going on. There was a doctor, when she went to Lincoln Prairie, there was a doctor. Biotel. Dr. Biotel. Oh, look, you remembered. I can't remember anybody's name. Yeah. So then we, she was at Lincoln Prairie and uh, seen this doctor, psychologist, Dr. Biotel. And he was such a great doctor, he would call on his vacations to check oh up on Emily. How is she doing? What do we need to do? And I, and I, the last phone call I got from, well, she is back at Lincoln Prairie again. Went through the, the problems of that. And he said, let me get back in my office and um, let me check uh, into this and let me go talk to Emily. So a couple days went by and he called me back. And I said, I brought the doctors in, I brought the psychiatrists in, I brought everybody in to view this information and figure out what we can figure out what's going on. He said, I want you to get on the computer. I want you to look up the site oh, for autism. Lord. I want, to, want you to look up this autism site. I want you to read these 10 things. And I said, okay. I said, we're a tight family. I said, let me get to my mother's house. I said, we're going to look at this together. I said, I'll call you back in about five minutes. Not a problem. Me and my mom went out there and read these, read these 10 things, 1 through 10. Every one of them described her to a T. I remember exactly that scenario happening to us when Quentin was nine. We already knew that Oliver was autistic. He was diagnosed at 18 months. Mm -hmm. But Quentin had been suffering, like you said, you know, we couldn't pinpoint what's going on with him. It's He, he throat punched a kid when he was in preschool because he was too close, mm -hmm. you know, and he didn't he didn't understand. He wouldn't line up at certain times because they weren't using the right word. He only knew chow. Right. So when they said line up for lunch, he wasn't going to do it. He didn't know what lunch was. Um, so it was, did you have experiences like that in school? Like you just, you knew that the other kids were doing it and you're supposed to do it, but you didn't quite understand why? Yeah, yeah. That is a hard thing for kids, especially autistic kids, to communicate to their teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it easy for you to, once you got the, the IP and stuff in place, was it easier for you to talk to the school about it? It was a little bit, but they really didn't trust on what you were saying mm -hmm. until you started talking to the professionals, getting documentations, you know, and proving basically them wrong. And that right there is what frustrates me so much. Oh, yeah. Is because it's just like me before I could transition. I had to go to a psychiatrist for them to write a letter to say this person is under my care for being a transsexual. That's what the verbiage was. It was not this person is seeking out um, alignment. This person is doing, you know, it was this person's being treated for this condition. This is a diagnosis of of transsexualism mm -hmm. you know and so having a diagnosis of autism means that you are put in a certain category doesn't it mm -hmm. yep. you are put in a category of not just help but of need yep. 
So people automatically assume that you're needy because you're autistic. Mm -hmm. yep. And isn't that frustrating? That's kind of yes. like where we were too, uh, what, what you're saying, you know, and once we started getting the help, you know, and it was kind of, it was kind of funny at that time because I knew from me looking it up, you know, I'm just a little bit smarter than them teachers sitting behind that desk. Yes. And they, well, because it's your experience. Right. Then they come back, and I knew they were going to ask this because I already had it booked up. I knew that they're ready, waiting for them to answer this question. Is she diagnosed? Yep. And I said, ain't that kind of funny? I said, I looked that up, and I said, I knew you guys were asking me that. I said, yeah, she is, di she is a diagnosed autism Asperger's child anxiety depression and so it yeah goes all, all of way. those symptoms fall under that umbrella and it's mm -hmm. like a click of the switch we have the diagnosis oh now they're really helpful it is mm -hmm. really exhausting to be told that because you're not a professional you don't know that there's something going on with your child exactly you know that baby just wants more popcorn just give it to me mom give me popcorn yep. mom give you me know, popcorn and after you get the diagnosis and stuff like that, you know, then the wheels really start turning. You know, the help is there. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but you, for every child besides Emily, you don't have that diagnosis, okay, they're going to put you through hell and back. And there's those parents who don't seek a diagnosis like us. We never sought a diagnosis because we never wanted our kids to feel that um, separation. Because in Texas... It was a huge separation. If you were uh, differently abled, then you were off of the map and you were singled out. And it's frustrating. And we get here, well, we moved to Germany and in Germany they were very accommodating and that is where uh, they both um, initially were helped. Uh, we were helped in North Carolina also with Edis when Oliver was 18 months old, but they couldn't help Quinn because he was nine. So we had um, an ABA therapist that came in five days a week for five hours a day. And that was for Quentin and Oliver both. <coughs> Did you ever have any ABA therapy? I don't th no, I don't think so. Think so. No. Um, That's basically where they come in and they do hand over hand stuff um, or put up pecs. See, Oliver and Quentin, neither <coughs> one were talking um, until like, Oliver actually lost communication. He was developing normally until he hit 13 months. He was already a preemie, so he was a month behind. So that's his 12-month period at 13 months. Mm -hmm. And so he went, and the only reason I remember is because it was time to get his shots. And I remember thinking it was weird to get shots on him at 12 months because he was so much smaller mm -hmm. than the other babies, and he had to get a whole lot. And he was 13 months whenever he got him instead of 12 months. And so whenever we took him, we had a video that we took where he's kind of playing. He's sort of mumbling around and making cooing sounds. And we got back from the shots, and that next day we're taking videos, and he's marked different. Like, it is night and day. And I don't think it has anything to do with the vaccines. I think it just is the time period of, right. of notice noticing yep. it. Mm -hmm. And he did have a regression like huge regression and that's why he was considered autism they did not consider him with asperger's because that criteria wasn't met the criteria for classic autism was met right so he got aba therapy 
parts. Like it was a whole lot of learning. And he, at I guess he had just started school at five. He was still using, um, or at three is when he started school because he started early. So he was, <laughs> so he was using sign language. He was saying bird and you know all done all this stuff, but he wasn't talking. When did she start talking? She always did talk. So she was one of those non-classic, which is probably why it was so difficult to get her diagnosed. Yep. Because that is one of the main criteria. Right. But they long since discovered that not only is it speech delayed, but it could also be early speech. Right. So did she have early speech then, would you say? Yeah, she, um, I would say probably maybe second grade, I mean, let's say first or second grade, that's when we started getting her to school, started getting her into speech therapy. Oh, yeah. See, uh, Oliver is in speech therapy. I always get my kids confused, so good luck keeping me straight on that. But he's in speech therapy now. And I had speech therapy, um, and it didn't help much. Oh, you see, I still, yeah. yeah. You see, I still, <laughs> I still talk like crap. But people couldn't understand me at all. Like um, whenever we moved from Little Hometown in Texas, Panhandle, Texas, Spearman, to Greenville, Texas, over by Dallas, the teacher, my homeroom teacher, looked square at me and she said, "You've got to go to speech or something. I can't understand a word you're saying." Mm -hmm. They could tell you that yeah. back in that day. They right. could just right out to, and then they uh -huh. called my parents and said I needed speech and mm -hmm. so that's and it's just because I sounded like a hick yeah. even worse than I do now you know and when, when she went through that you know then you know they came and talked to you and stuff like that while well, her R's being slurred or S's are sounding right you know it's like, <sighs> yeah, what you know I, it, I don't hear it you know because we're used to her you know well yeah, yeah. she needs speech therapy and like I don't think so you know and Go ahead and go do it. No, whatever. So, <laughs> just know, like then, every other dad. Whatever. Know, just do it. You know, then a couple of weeks after you're all going to speech therapy, you're like, well, you sound different. You know. You just don't know till you know, yep. right? And, mm -hmm. um, and that's the realization I think that I'm having right now is that you don't know what a teenager with Asperger's looks like until you have a teenager with Asperger's. Yep. Mm -hmm. And holy crap, I have a teenager with Asperger's. <laughs> but I can tell you, not everybody's the same. You know right. that, everybody right. knows that, right? That nobody's the same, everybody's individual. But when you're talking about a diagnosis, you're talking about something like autism, you can see similarities. Yep. Even though people are individual, there's a lot of similarities. Do you find that you have similarities in other people with Asperger's? Do you have contact with other Aspies? No. No? I don't know anybody else that has Asperger's. You and Quentin should talk because he also, he knows a lot of people in high school that are probably on the spectrum, but there mm -hmm. is the trend where parents do not get diagnosis. Right. Yeah. And so do you ever... Um, talk to somebody or around somebody and go, oh, I bet they have autism. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, um, sometimes autism, or I, can, I can, I mean, I know that like, some people just get excited, but I can probably tell they have ADHD. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't get excited over like the small thing. I mean, stuff yeah. like that. But I, I do know one person that has asked, uh, Gola has Asperger's, but her brain development, she has Asperger's, but her brain development is like a two-year-old, but she's oh, so like... so she has a cognitive delay yeah, too? Yeah, but she's like 18, but she's learning as a two-year-old, yeah. but she's in high school, maybe like 
um, last time I seen her, she was a junior, but I graduated at that time, but I knew her, so, yeah, she was really nice, um, then I knew one girl, she, she graduated with me, she had Down Syndrome, uh -huh. so, yeah, I know a couple people like that, but we don't really keep in touch, really, we just went our separate ways. Yeah, and that's <laughs> how all teens do, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and people forget, it's just like, I have had people ask me, because I'm part of the LGBT, say, Oh, do you know this person because they're, you know, in the LGBT? Oh, Somebody right. totally unrelated to me, <laughs> you know. And people assume that because you have, you know, Asperger's or autism, mm -hmm. that you are an advocate and that you are in amongst that group and everything. When the reality is most people with autism don't have a support group. Mm -hmm. That's a sad statistic, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And can you tell me why you wouldn't maybe seek out a support group? Um, because I don't really want to tell any like tell everyone that I don't know about all my problems. <laughs> like they don't really need to know unless you really have to. <laughs> exactly because because especially people with Asperger's are private. Whenever it comes to things mm -hmm. like that, you know, it's not something. If especially if you've been tormented. Yeah. How do you think we could get more people? To, to go to, or especially teens. Well, I was just telling your dad mm -hmm. that you are really adding so much to the podcast right now. Like, I would love it if you were on more. Yeah, like if it, That would be great because I think that you have privileged insight. Okay. Do you know what that means, privileged insight? Kind of. No. Okay, so privileged insight it's means that... It's privileged information that you have because nope. it's your life. Uh-huh. And, okay, so Beth and I, we drive down the road and we look at houses and we always wonder what the people are doing inside. Yeah, I do, I do that sometimes too. <laughs> right? Do yeah. you ever do mm -hmm. that? Do you ever go, I wonder what those people are doing inside? Hmm. Well, yeah. do you ever do that? Do you ever just look at someone and go, I wonder what they're thinking? Yeah, sometimes I do that too. Yeah, and I do that a lot, and I find that I do that more now that I'm older than I did when I was younger. When I was younger, I didn't give a crap about people. <laughs> you know, right. it's true, yeah. right? Right. But do you not find yourself doing that, too? Like, if you're at a stop sign or stoplight or something, and you look over, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what they're listening to, or, you yeah. know? Yeah. You become more curious about others the older you get, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's true? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious. I mean, I want to know a lot about people and stuff. And so we should hit the streets together after <laughs> COVID. Hit the streets together. Mm -hmm. Give you a clipboard. I have a microphone. We'll go hit people up. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it too. You know, I talk to everybody and their dog. I, I've seen that. I've seen a couple of videos of that. Like people like in maybe Las Vegas or New York. They just go up to people and just with my, like microphones like. They joke around, like, I'll give you this for this. And yeah. Tell me a question, fun of it. You know, today for National Pizza Day, I'm taking um, pizza as payments for coaching sessions. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing today. And I plan to do things like that, you know, uh, all the time because I feel like it's important that people are heard. Mm -hmm. I think that that is what society wants they want to be heard not just as groups but individually right. everyone is trying to be heard and we don't have good channels you know and when you think about people think of them as channels if you have a good channel then you broadcast nice clean good images right mm -hmm. so all you have to do is find that mm -hmm. and I hope 
that you and I can be that for people that write channel, you know, mm -hmm. that we can say, hey, this is, this is our lives and this is what we go through. And even though I'm not going through it, I do have kids that are going through it. Yeah. And your dad and I are kind of going through it together. And even though, like, we probably don't have too, uh, too many ideas that are right on together because we've had different experiences growing up, different parts of the world. But the one thing that we know is acceptance and love, right? Yes. And that's what this whole thing's about is acceptance. And we both love Forrest Gump. Yep. We both love ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I got to get what, what you brought, what I had to tear apart the freezer to get in. Well, that's what you started. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'm, like, beyond excited for these, too. I got to show the camera. Yes. All right, y'all get one. <laughs> it better be a good one, too. Yeah. What are all good? I don't know. I know. That's what I was about to say. I don't even know what kind they are. Uh, it says I got vanilla. Oh. There's vanilla. Oh. Vanilla, vanilla fudge, vanilla caramel. No. Holy cow. Well, I'll just be surprised. Oh, this is fudge. Yes. Oh, I got vanilla. Oh, yes, sir. I got vanilla. Do y'all want different ones? No, we're good. Y'all are it doesn't good. make. It, huh? I said, as long as they're all the same, that's all it does. <laughs> oh my gosh. All my the ice creams are the same. It's just the inside that's a little different. Oh, we gotta do this. We gotta cheers it. Oh, I'm done, trash away. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> all right, guys. Sorry, you don't get one. My bad. Sorry. So, <laughs> I've asked you a whole lot of questions today. Hey. Do you feel burned out by questions? No. No. Do you have any questions for me? No, oh, no, not really. Well, <laughs> if you ever have questions for me, mm -hmm. you could ask me where I got my scarf. Where did you scarf from? Walmart, I'm guessing? I think the dollar store, actually, <laughs> or, or Goodwill, one of those. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like my scarf. I have noticed since I, I used to have hair down to my butt, and since I cut it off, you know, six years ago, my neck gets cold constantly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't think it would be a big deal, but think about it. I was 34 when I started transitioning. So for 34 years, I had my neck covered. Mm -hmm. hmm. It affects you. Do you like having short hair? Yeah, I used to have long hair. This is so good. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy you brought these. <laughs> I used to have long hair to my shoulders um, since, what, elementary school? Mm -hmm. So I don't know when. Then <laughs> I... I usually wear the gray clips to get my hair cut, mm. and then I told Dad that I wanted to get my hair cut. I wanted to get it cut short, and Dad was like, how short? Like, <laughs> you sound like me. Wait a minute. I'm like, short, short, and you're like, are you sure? Sinead like, O'Connor short? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, go for it. And the hairstylist wow. was like, are you sure? I'm like, go mm -hmm. for it, before I make up my mind. And then I just cut it off, I'm like, ooh, I like this. I'm keeping it this way forever. <laughs> so. I like short hair, especially on women. Mm -hmm. I don't like long, stringy hair. It complicates things. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, be, certain ways, yes. Well, yeah, because they, well, they feel like they have to do more with it, I think. But if they enjoy doing it, mm -hmm. that's where that confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. You can always tell the woman who enjoys having a hairstyle and one who only mm -hmm. has long hair because they're supposed to. Right. Yeah. Alex, whenever she was little, she was supposed to have long hair. Beth was that big advocate of we're not cutting her hair, we're not cutting her hair. 
So Beth deploys a chopper hero. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real advantage to being married to a soldier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. the truth. You, you, you know that they're yeah. going to deploy and you're going to get away with stuff. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. cutting the kid's hair. <laughs> I think really that's the only thing that I ever did that was against something that she would like. Have you went against Karen before? Mm. Well, it's right because you're still alive. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're still alive. Mm -hmm. Not really. You know, when I first met Karen, you know, she had long hair. You know, and oh, yeah. oh, I can't imagine that. Yeah. She, she looked so cute with short hair. Yeah. We got pictures to prove it. Oh, I love to see them. So then, uh, <laughs> You know, later on down the road, you know, and she started getting shorter and shorter. You know, and she goes, you like the short hair? And I said, whatever you like, and it don't matter to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. now she's, you know, short hair. She looks good. She always did look good. Yeah, you better yeah. put that in there because <laughs> this is going to be on. <laughs> but I do yeah. agree. But I think that there's a certain amount of respect one has for themselves when they keep their hair. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mm -hmm. obsessive about my beard and my hair and I often wear hats because you know I'm bald mm -hmm. like you don't know but <laughs> <laughs> but because of that I think that I overcompensate with the beard right you know because I, I meticulously groom it and make sure that it's you know all good because you know the lack of this right you know mm -hmm. so like Karen is you know she'd rather just get up wash her hair you know get done she ain't worried about the makeup or everything else but she's one of those people that naturally looks well yeah like, and do you know what I mean by looking well? Looking good? <laughs> well, if you see someone who mm -hmm. looks ill, yeah, you can tell kind of their skin looks yeah. different or their body language is different, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But if someone looks well, then you know that they're not sick, you know, mm -hmm. either mentally or emotionally or anything. And Karen looks pretty well, mm -hmm. considering she's married to you. Oh, yeah. I That's think amazing, that, ain't it? I know. I think that every time I see her, I'm like, wow, you look pretty good for being married to Joe. <laughs> She's got a few gray hairs, but you know, I gave her that. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be talking about your wife's hair color ever. I have learned <laughs> that we don't divulge hair colors. We don't even talk about it. We just acknowledge that their hair has a color. Mm -hmm. and we go, Or that they have hair. Yes, you have hair. I love your haircut. That's it. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. Yeah. My mom... Always says that she has free highlights. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Highlights, they mm -hmm. cost anything. They're free. <laughs> Me too. I do too. About my beard, especially. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think your life's gonna look like as you go on into your thirties? <clears throat> um, well, my life, but I think the the world is gonna be just gonna change. It's gonna be very different. Mm-hmm. Later on, in a couple of years, you know, maybe when my mom and dad are gone, you know, this world's probably going to do a total 360, but we never know, so. Yeah, you can't predict the future. All you can do is hope for the best. <laughs> is, well, not really hope for the best, but plan your route. Yeah. If you plan your route first, and I know your dad can understand this, if you plan your route first, at least you know when you're screwing up because you have a plan and you know when you've gotten lost. Mm -hmm. But if you never have a plan, you don't ever know when you screw up. Right. Because you don't know mm -hmm. when you're deviating from what your idea is. So uh -huh. what what kind of plan do you have? I mean, what do you what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Um, maybe like later on, whenever I get like, I learn a bunch of like different skills. I like to have my own apartment someday. Like live on my own. Like without, like with the help of my parents, but 
I got some. Hey, Sneaky. <laughs> I like to live um, on my own apartment, you know, live on my own with Truffle, you know. Just live on my own, you know, just live my day-to-day -day life. You know? Yeah. Do you want to work? Do you want to get a, like a, I don't know, a job volunteering even? Yeah, like maybe like a small job, but nothing like big or something like that. Cause yeah, because it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've had our fair share of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Um, well, I used to work at, um, uh, I don't know, some health care somewhere. What? I'm thinking. <laughs> you can't remember. I got a brain fart. <laughs> as a dietary aid, but over time, I was getting bullied, yeah. and I was getting threatened. Mm. And so then I had to quit my job because of the threatening, because I didn't want to put my life in jeopardy. And so my so dad filed a police report. Because it was getting serious plus so. you did not deserve to feel uncomfortable yeah that's the big thing is people <clears throat> people forget that that you can work somewhere and if you feel uncomfortable you don't have to wait for them to say oh I'm sorry you're uncomfortable or you're fired or we don't want you here you simply you're in charge of that and if somebody doesn't know that somebody's doing something you have to tell them yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, and it got so bad between these two girls, I actually had to go up to the police department and file a report against them. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um, yeah. And they were just young girls, I think they're just so big and like they can say whatever they want, but they're so young and I'm like, what did your mom and dad teach you? <laughs> and that <laughs> is why this podcast is important. Mm -hmm. Because people have to have some flexible thinking. Mm-hmm. And flexible thinking means that you can look outside yourself and accept others for who they are. Girl, yep. I have to accept you for who you are, Joe, because you've got the voice of a god. <laughs> and you realize that you're the voice of Guru Brando, right? You're when people hear your voice, it's oh, it's a Guru Brando show. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody thought that I had done the intro. And I was like, that is, no, no, <laughs> there's no way I could, even in my wildest dreams, I could not sound like that. I always tell him that he sounds you know, like a boxing match, mm -hmm. whenever like the microphone goes out, that's what he makes me think of, of like, like the, the match about to get ready, and it's like, let's go. And that's why I love it, I love boxing. Uh -huh. I only love a few sports. My dad loves football, mm -hmm. and we had the little Super Bowl thing for him. And but you know he loves the Cowboys, but he loves football. Period. So he's in it for the game, not necessarily right. just the players. But he really likes the the game and the strategy. I like hockey. Oh yeah. You like hockey? Yeah. Blues. The blues. We were um, Dallas Stars, and that really sucked. But whatever. Mm -hmm. It's hockey. I like boxing. I like hockey. I do not like wrestling. I like college wrestling, but I don't mm -hmm. like wrestling. <clears throat> I I like um, I like baseball. Oh, me too. I love baseball. Hockey, um, football. Mostly I like baseball. Me too. Yeah. Um, it sounds weird, but I almost like baseball more. Like I'm a girl, but you know, girls is like softball and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Like I'm always wanting to. When I was young, I always wanted to play off the baseball team, not the softball team, not the girl team. Me I always wanted to play the baseball team. <laughs> you Me just too. like the man in the tights. 
Oh, yeah, totally. No, I'm and, good. <laughs> and those awesome spiked shoes. I mean, yeah. you could do some damage with those. Uh, speaking oh, yeah. of, Oliver has started wearing cleats to school. Don't know why, but he really likes them. And I can't imagine how horrible it is to walk. Oh, yeah. In the cleats, but then it occurred to me, I think you wanted to wear the cleats because in his mind, he could walk in the snow with the cleats. Or if it's the sound. Did you ever have something weird that you liked because you're autistic? Because that's one of those things, mm -hmm. you know? You, if you have Asper a kid with Asperger's, you know they're going to like some weird shit. And that's just a fact. I like the like crinkling of paper. Oh my God, that was Quentin's thing. <laughs> like crinkling of bottles. That was Quentin's favorite thing. We would go to the bubbles, whatever. Bubble wrap. Yeah. We would go to the doctor whenever he was a kid and sitting on the seat, you know, with the paper that they rolled down. Yeah. He called it crinkle, and he would sit up there and he would just cr like that was his favorite thing. That's what I would do. Yeah. Oh my God! See, y'all need to meet. <laughs> You need to meet, and he he plays a lot of video games. Do you play video games? Um, I play yeah, I play Nintendo Switch a lot. I play Mario Kart. Oh, that's what the boys played. We have a Switch too. Oh yeah, we I we have, I have like a whole bunch of games down uh, downstairs, and so like I love Mario Kart mostly. It's really fun. That's the one we played most of. Oh, we yeah. found something she loves. Yep. She just said it. Mhm. Mm I love Mario Kart. Mhm. Mm so you do love like these hobby, these entertainment type hobbies. Yeah. What What all do you do besides video game Mario Kart? Like other different types of games? Or anything. Um. Besides, you know, pick on your dad and. Well, like I, I like. It's either that playing video games or reading. Reading's my mostly my number one. If I have nothing better to do, I read. <laughs> so reading, playing video games, playing with books. Oh, uh, crossword puzzle, voice searches. Mm, I love those. I like Sudoku. I am nuts for Sudoku. So my grandma loves that. I can never get the hair of her. Ouch. Ouch. She just said my grandma. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, young people like Sudoku, too. You gotta have something like that. Oh, always. Always. Her. Thank you. <laughs> See, at least she's nice. <laughs> I respect you much more for that. Did I get it? Yeah. <laughs> See? I you just, said yeah, you would have just let me sit there with yeah. spinach in my teeth. There you go. You are a better friend. <laughs> I'm just saying, but you did bring the ice cream, so yeah. really, mm. that's a toss-up. Yeah, uh, I might, I might backtrack on that. Okay. Did you have fun doing this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna come back and see me? Yeah. If you could tell anyone, if you could give any advice to any kid that has disabilities or has any type of autism or struggles in any way, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Oh, never give up and just keep fighting and we're all the same, we're just, we're just all, we're all the same, it's just different different types, different bodies and stuff like that, we're all the same, just different, just different a little bit. But we are, we all bleed the same. Mm -hmm. We all mm -hmm. die the same too. We all cry the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. We all keep fighting until that autism, until that last puzzle piece fits. Yep. That's true. Mm -hmm. That is the truth. And it is a struggle, but we're going to rally as much as we can. And I want to try to rally more people here in Highland. So, I may be coming to you for direction because you're pretty smart. You have mm -hmm. a lot of insight. And I think you and I could make a dynamic duo. Maybe include him. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely your mom because she's pretty smart. Yeah. Don't get me. 
It's like Pinky and the Brain. Did you ever watch that <laughs> Pinky and the Brain? I have not watched it, but I've seen it. Like Your a... mom's the brain. That would be Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Pink, he's the doer and she's the thinker. That's Beth and I, too. I'm totally Pinky. She's the brain. <clears throat> but the reality is Highland could use a little more support, not for the little kids. I know that they have school-age things. Right. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you're out of school? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then you have Guru Brando. Yeah. That you can come and, and talk to. And, because I'm all about helping with transitions yeah. and transformations. And when you think about that and you think about the natural cycle of transformation, you have things like divorce. You, you have to transition from, you know, a, a relationship to out of a relationship you have to transition from having someone in your life to out of your life that's grief that's loss you know so mm-hmm. we have new beginnings we have loss we have changes what if you change your job you know you're going from military to out of military or you're going from one career that's solid and then COVID hits and now you don't know what to do with your right. life it's all those little choices that we don't know that we make until we can't make them Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're dead in the water. So if you did not know that you could get an apartment and live on your own, would you try? Yeah, I would try. I mean, that's all you, all you really can do is try. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I mean, at least you try. You tried your best. Do you know what that's called? It's called courage. Mm-hmm. And do you know that you have more courage, kid, mm-hmm. in that little 19-year-old body than adults have yeah sometimes sometimes i don't even feel like i'm 19 i feel like i'm a lot older i feel like i'm like well you could very well be an old soul you yeah know what that means yeah oh, yeah i thought about that yeah yeah i think that's what i am i'm i'm, I'm an old soul but in your body see that's, so. wh- that's why i gotta love you is because you're that old soul mm-hmm. your dad's an old soul too he's mm-hmm. lived a lot of lifetimes mm-hmm. yeah you know and you know that the more resilient we are or the more resilient we become that's reflective of this is you know why because we've had these struggles and these challenges we've lived multiple lifetimes mm-hmm. you know and if you think about it right now I am essentially living four lifetimes at the same time because I have four kids mm-hmm. and so those four kids are each a lifetime for me because I've taught each of them different things mm-hmm. right and and each one because of the age gap you know some of them have learned from the other one and some of them didn't learn anything from the other one. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And so that's four potentials right there to carry on our values, our beliefs, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what one belief do you have that you want to make sure that every single person in your family carries on? Um, I really, I really don't know. I don't know, <laughs> really. I think you've kind of already said it whenever you've said, you just got to to do you. You just got to do what you want to do. You mm-hmm. got to be brave. You got to try things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's probably the best advice that any teenager's given on on this show. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. And thank you for bringing ice cream, Joe. You're welcome. That was pretty amazing. Thank you for bringing truffle. Mm-hmm. You can just leave truffle here like, forever. <laughs> Now, it's going to be one of those situations where y'all don't come home, and so Karen's calling and it's like, have you seen Joe and Emily? And I'm like, no, not at all. And I have y'all in the cavern, and I'm petting the dog. <laughs> We're all no. locked up somewhere. Yeah, I have no idea where they are. Lock, lock us in a dungeon. <laughs> 
Well, I wanted to do something special. I don't know if you've noticed, but you see I'm out of camera. Um, I, I try, I'm trying not to be in the camera um, because I wanted you to take the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm animated and I'm colorful and I'm weird and sometimes I draw attention away. And this is one time, mm -hmm. Emily, that I want you to be heard by as many people possible because I know that not only are you smart and insightful, but you're a positive person. Mm -hmm. So that's totally fits into my show. And mm -hmm. I think in some counts that you're probably a more positive person than I am. <laughs> and you understand why. It's because you don't take things the way that I do. You're not egotistical. Mm -mm. And I've lived a somewhat egotistical life. You, Joe, have you lived an egotistical life? Yeah, I guess I have. Does it bother you to think about now? No. Like in your maturity? No. No? no. Whenever I was younger, it bothered me to think about living a material life, like living an egotistical life, mm -hmm. because I was homeless for a while. Right. And so when I was homeless, I would tell myself, in order to feel better on the street, I'd tell myself, well, you know, you don't have to worry about it because, you know, you'll never feel good in the house anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And because you came on the show, you get to be the first person that gets to draw a sticker. So oh. you get to have a parting gift. And you have to close your eyes and do it. Well, you can finish your ice cream. And you get to do one, too. You have to close my eyes? Yes. Okay. It's not like you can't see anyway. Uh, <laughs> really, you're going to take the first one on top. You're not even going <laughs> to... Oh, my God. Wait, it's a good one. It's a good one. Hey! <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but then can you can. It? Yeah. Pick long, pick wrong. Oh, it's a good one. Oh, I love it. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, well, I'm uh, not better than yours. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <yeah>. <laughs>